Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience, continuing yep. some well-doing seat, no nope. glory and honor, and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious, and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Uh, Great Luke, yes. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' tell you? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge count? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue in sin? Nope. I'ma ask you again. Yep. Should we continue in sin?
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard theater To cite to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Alright, alright, alright You gonna learn today Alright, alright, alright You gonna learn today Alright, 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 alright. Salam, 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 salam. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, uh, you know, spice up the, the intro. I'm trying to spice up the show a little bit. Welcome, welcome, once again to another show, another episode of Bible Talk. Uh, I'm the host today, my name is Mashaba. And yes, today is Thursday. And yes, um, it, uh, it is supposed to be. Uh, Kaiser Clock Thursdays uh, with another episode of FYI for your information. But the brother was called away to the plantation. Uh, we are most definitely still in slavery. We are most definitely under the hands of our enemies. And we are most definitely awaiting the return of our Lord and our Savior, who the world calls Jesus Christ, who is staying in the pale of Hebrew, Yahweh Shai. We are waiting for our Savior to come and save us from this captivity, uh, from this last captivity that we will ever be in ever again. Um, as we patiently await the return of the king. Am I down with the king? Yes. We are waiting wait for him to come and save us from this. So, yes, yeah, today would be uh, normally, um, uh, as you know, the schedule is Monday through Thursday. Uh, classes are from 10 a.m. to, to uh, 12 noon. And that I have my class normally on Mondays, coming back on Wednesdays. And then Tazapai has Tazapai Tuesdays, where he does current events. And then he would come back on Thursdays, which, which, which would be today, and he would do um, uh, FYI for your information. But, again, the brother was called away to, um, to the plantation. He had, he had to go to work. So uh, you, you got my voice again. You got me again. All right. Hopefully you can, you can, we can withstand. You can bear and be, be patient until the brother is able to get back and take control of the realm. 
Um, and we're still hoping that tomorrow night, no, uh, Friday nights, uh, the schedule will continue. And we're fighting our Bible breakdowns with our brother, Brother Bod, starting tomorrow night, starting at 8 p.m. All right? <clears throat> so with that, as you know, we are, we are associated with the schools across America. Uh, we have a school here in San Antonio, which is called the Sword of Truth, San Antonio, Texas, which is located at 4444 Walsham, street number 201. San Antonio, Texas, 78218, the address here. Uh, they have classes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m., and then from Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Uh, if you can actually make the live class, you can follow them on YouTube at Sword of Truth San Antonio on YouTube. Again, whenever the other class is live, uh, it'll also be playing on YouTube as well. We ask you to like, share, subscribe, and hit the notification button. Uh, to keep in touch with our classes here in San Antonio. For our classes in Houston, if you're in the Houston area, uh, the school is located. It's uh, called the, the Stream of Wisdom, Houston, Texas, uh, which is located at 231 FM Road 1092, Stafford, Texas, 77477 being the address there. Uh, and they have classes every Monday and Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and then, then again on Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Then on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to about 2, sometimes about 2, um, uh, on Saturdays. Um, and you catch them live on YouTube um, on Wednesdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then on uh, Saturdays, uh, uh, on Wednesdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. All right? And that's on uh, SOW, Game of Wisdom. Uh, Houston, Texas. All right, I'm getting some text in. Hold on one second, y'all. Let me see what's going on. Make sure everything is 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 good. All right, cool. All right, cool. Yes, yes, yes. Kind of, we are definitely on. Uh, the show is on air right now. The show is on air right now. This very minute. All right. So that, that's our Houston, Texas location. Uh, with the times and, and, and uh, uh, for classes there and the YouTube channel as well. For our school in Norfolk, which is the Stream of, Stream of Wisdom, Norfolk, Virginia, which is located at 2610 Granby Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517, being the address there. They have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then Saturday starting at 12 p.m., 12 noon as well, all these Eastern Standard Times. Uh, you can catch their live, uh, Facebook Live class at the uh, Norfolk Virginia stream, uh, stream of Wisdom Facebook Live every Tuesday and Thursday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., all right? And then on YouTube uh, on Saturdays uh, at SOW Norfolk Virginia Stream of Wisdom, all right? Uh, then for our, our school in Rochester, Rochester, New York, was headed up by the brother uh, Zion Awa. Their school is located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, suite number 1A, Rochester, New York, 14606, being the address there. Uh, and they have classes, I had, as I had to make corrections to the class schedule, uh, they have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday as well, all right, from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then Saturdays also starting at 10 a.m. So we invite you to check them out. Uh, and for all the YouTube channels, uh, please like, share, and subscribe to all the channels, and hit the notification buttons. Now, hit the notification buttons. Um, the way the schedule is that uh, Monday through, really Sunday through Friday, 
Saturday, I mean seven days a week, there's a class available for you uh, to, to learn, all right? Even on Sundays, uh, please check out uh, SOW, um, let me get it right, SOW uh, Houston Stream of Wisdom, and that they have a children's class uh, that starts at 12 a.m., 12, I'm sorry, 12 noon. It starts at 12 noon. So we invite you to please check that out, all right, for the children. It's for the kids, all right? Let the kids come in the mouth of babes, the most high command of gospel to come out of. So there's a, even a children's class so that now everybody can, can get included. Everybody can get some uh, lessons, teachings, and some understanding in their culture and come back to being uh, raised in the truth of the most high. All right? The other YouTube channels that we have is the Hidden Truth uh, Bible Show, the Israelite Media Corps, and Five Minutes of Wisdom. All right. And those brothers are doing a great job with that. Uh, the brother Kizaki, Shakwar Gabar, uh, Bahar, they're doing a great, uh, Ariad, they're doing a great job with those, with those, with those formats right there. So we invite you to check them out. I invite you to check them out. Again, all those are on YouTube. All right, brothers and sisters. Uh, we have a high holiday coming up. Uh, I mean, fast. Uh, we have uh, what is known in the Hebrew Bible from Leviticus chapter 23. You read about the high holidays that God gave to the Israelites. Uh, we have coming up the seventh month, the first day of the month, uh, the Memorial of the Blowing of Trumpets. And that will actually begin sundown, September 14th, uh, 2023. It is the Memorial of the Blowing of Trumpets. We know that 10 days later, uh, we have the Day of Atonement, which will begin at sundown, September 23rd, 2023. And then five days after that, we have the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, which begins sundown, uh, September 23rd, 2023. Now, the, the Sword of Truth uh, here in San Antonio uh, will be hosting uh, a, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles at the campgrounds, uh, along with uh, uh, SOW, the Stream of Wisdom uh, Houston, for the 2023 Feast of Tabernacles. Um, if you go to uh, uh, http semicolon slash slash evite.me slash 5xwqzgg2bd, I know that's a lot, uh, for the Feast of Tabernacles. All right, uh, for the E invite. Uh, Feast time of when uh, will be Saturday, September 30th, 2023, starting at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. Where? At 1443 uh, Markinson Road, West Point, Texas, 78963, being the address there. Hosted, of course, by the, uh, by the uh, Sword of Truth. Um, and it reads as such, uh, Shalom, family. Uh, as was recorded in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 33 through 35, it says, uh, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this, of this seventh month shall be a feast of tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work, servile work therein. All right? So the fee to cover your space for this event will be $10 per person or $50 per family, whichever is more uh, economical for the family. So let's say you have a family of eight, right? Uh, there's a family of you of eight. Maybe it is um, the mother, uh, the father, the mother, and six kids, all right? Instead of paying $10 per person, well, that would be $80. What they're saying is if, if it's, uh, since it would be eight of you, then just pay the 50 I right, just pay the 50 to help cover the cost of what's going on. If you have more than five people, um, then just pay the, the, the 50 bucks, all right? Otherwise, uh, $10 per person is very, very reasonable, all right? Very reasonable. 
It says indoor sleeping accommodations are limited, and spacing is limited to individuals needing, and they're specifying, needing, needing it uh, as, as reference to elderly, the ill, specific health needs, uh, mothers with infants, and et cetera, and will, be, uh, and will cost an additional fee. So uh, if you plan on attending, it is $10 per person or $50 uh, per family. But if you'd like to have one of the indoor sleeping spots, um, there is an additional fee on top of the $10 per person or the $50 per family. I says, uh, please see the poll questionnaire. If you need um, a bed inside, contact host uh, or one or uh, to discuss this need and the fee. The uh, camp operates uh, differently, and we need to provide a true headcount for indoor, uh, overnight, and outside campers, okay? Uh, we need all Feast of Tabernacle funds paid to the Sword of Truth camp cash app at ISBHBK San Antonio on cash app by September 15th, y'all, by September 15th to secure the, the booking at the campgrounds. I'm getting a few more texts in. As y'all not been having some technical difficulties, let me see what's going on here. Okay. Um, uh, Rihanna says, we will provide all with uh, schedule of events and the menu uh, sign-in link, sign-up link after plans have been made. All right, so uh, they're also asking uh, that there's going to be a, um, a menu put together and ask for, for, for families to bring certain items to cover everybody, all right? It's been a hot summer and will still be relatively warm this fall. Please plan accordingly and be prepared with proper clothing, fans, and et cetera, on deck for your tent, which meets your needs. Uh, the cabin area assigned will be used for nighttime sleep, Rest, resting for the individuals, the individual individuals who paid to reserve that area. The idea behind this, this high holiday is to dwell in tents and abandon your typical worldly comforts while reconnecting with the Heavenly Father, uh, bonding with, uh, with family and connecting with nature. We are gathering with other camps, and this uh, RSVP is mandatory for your uh, attendance and planning, all right? So that is coming up, brothers and sisters, and we need to go ahead and uh, get it in. We got to get it together. And then I was listening to um, uh, uh, the brother, uh, La Corab. I was listening to, uh, uh, I was watching the show last night uh, from uh, on YouTube out of Houston, and he did make the announcements, and I wasn't aware, aware of this, and I, I've been slipping, that if you're trying to get a Passover garment, all right, if you're trying to get your Passover garment, um, you've got to get your monies in, by September 30th, all right? If you're trying to get a Passover garment made for Passover, the deadline for getting your money in uh, to Israel Wear or Fringed Up, or actually Israel Wear, is September 30th, all right? So I know, I know it's September. It might be a lot of late notice, but it's time to get it in, all right? Uh, we want to give this, the, the, the sisters enough time to, to get garments made for everybody because, you know, each garment is handmade. Um, but they need time to get this done for as many orders as, as they have in. So orders for, for Passover garments have got to be put in and, and, and completed and, and by September 30th for the Passover and uh, for Feast of Tabernacles, not to get the two uh, mixed up, 
And for Feast of Tabernacles, um, the Sword of Truth needs all your monies in uh, by September 15th on Cash App. All right? So these are some of the things we have going on, uh, coming up, brothers and sisters, for the announcements. <clears throat> uh, just to make everybody aware of these things. And uh, this is the point of the show where we send up prayers for everybody. For those who might need a little extra prayer um, as we're in these, these, these times uh, where it's needed. All right? We're we very familiar where uh, Christ did tell us that except these days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. And that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man does avail much. So I've been compiling this list of, of, of names of those who need uh, a little extra prayer, a little extra help as they're going through some afflictions, some infirmities, some sicknesses, um, and just need some extra help. Uh, and we know that from James chapter 5 or 16, it does say, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So the more we can get people praying for each other, the more we can get the most size assistance until finally we can get everybody praying for everybody as we confess and we repent and the Lord will send, finally give the decree to send the, the king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, finally see how much I back to finally come and redeem and save us from the hand of our enemies and all that afflict us. All right, so with that, brothers and sisters, um, we're about to, uh, I'm about to go into this prayer. We're going to be saying this prayer in English and in uh, the Paleo-Hebrew. Um, you do not have to repeat any part of this. Only I ask you that you might write down some of the names, write down all the names, and that in your own personal time, you might add these names to your prayer list as well uh, in your conversation and your prayers with the Father. All right? So, again, I'm going to be saying, uh, uh, I'm going over this prayer. I'll be reciting it. I'll be saying it in Hebrew and in English. And we'll be going over Numbers chapter 6, all right? The anointed prayer given in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through verse, what is this, 27, all right? But we'll be going over this as well as we offer up these prayers for uh, brothers and sisters that need to, and children that need the prayer, all right? So here we go. Uh, the Most High, in the name of Christ, Yahweh, Bahasham Yahweh Shai. Please listen to us now. Baba Kushah, Shemai Lenawa, Aita. Right now, Yenyan Aita. Please send Michael and the Holy Angels. Baba Kushah, Shalak, Maika Allah, Wa Allah To watch over, to bless, to heal to strengthen, to help, to protect, and to build up. And Lord, bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Now we're going to, we're going to uh, repeat all that and now in, in the Pedro Hebrew. Ya Baraka Yahweh, Wa'ashamaraka. Ya Ayahawa, Panyua, Ayaka, Wa'ashamaka. Shalom. Yahweh, Bahasham Yahweh Shai. Shema'il, Barak, Rapah, Chazak, Izar, Hagan, Banah Lama'il, Bobby Dixon. Um, uh, the sister Sierra Leaky, the daughter of Brother David. Our sister Abadiah, out there in Houston, the wife of our brother Rahamah. To our brother Shaquat Gabar, out there holding it down in Norfolk, Virginia. To the family 
Zahawam Racha and his wife, Waridiah, and all their families, um, and all their, their children. To uh, our cousin, our friend, John Spann. Uh, to Miss Catherine, my Dukes, the mother of our dearly beloved brother, Kazapa. To our friends up in Albuquerque, to Becky, Daryl, and Carmen, uh, uh, Becky's sister. To my in-laws, the entire Lovett family, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and all my nieces and nephews. Uh, to the entire coach family, the family of our brother, Gabar Kowa. Uh, to our brother, Kazakia and his family up there in Norfolk. To the sister, Anagasia. Uh, to the brother, Tahawam Mayam, out there in Houston. To our brother here in San Antonio, Tahawam, um, who others might know as West Beverly here in San Antonio. To our sister, the wife of our brother, our dearly beloved brother, Awana uh, Aya, to Ayana, Ayana Banas Banyamian. To some special needs children, Father. Uh, to, to, to the daughter, Cece, the daughter of our beloved brother, uh, Tazapa, and his wife, Arakaya. To Aizali, the daughter of our brother, Debar Kuwa, and Anagashia. And to Aliyah, the daughter of our beloved brother, Barnabad, and his wife, Kwadashaya. Uh, to Tazapa's family. Uh, to our brother, Kwadashabar, here in San Antonio. To our brother, to our friend, Yenawathan, up there in Albuquerque, and to his brother, Warren, in Oklahoma. To our family, to, to our brother, Gabarya Allah, and his wife, Ayasha, out there in Florida. And to um, Ayasha's mother, Ruthie Mae Johnson. To our brothers and sisters, to the family of Sham Kudash, uh, and his wife, Mariah, and their children, and their sons. Uh, to our brother, LV, right, brother Lavanda, the truck driver. And to his mother, Pat Washington. To our sister, uh, the beloved wife of Bonabad, Kwadashaya. To uh, our friend, Sean Stark. To our sister, Sylvia Khan. To our little brother, our nephew, uh, Shafar, the son of Gabar Kowa. To our brother up there in, in Lubbock, Texas, uh, going through some things right now, our brother, Yama. And to our brother, Yasha Allah, out there in Gallup. The brother of our beloved brother, Danya Allah. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will hear them. In the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, Bahasham Yahawashai, we thank you always. So we thank you for that. And again, brothers and sisters, uh, please come back and, and uh, get these, the names. If you don't repeat the Hebrew or even repeat the prayer, it's not, it's not a problem. But we, I do, we just ask humbly that you might add these names to your prayer list as well, to the, that you might have, uh, that you've been compiling on your own. But add these names also, right? That prayer does work. Prayer does work. I've heard that several of these people are, are, are definitely in the midst of recovery. Right? They are definitely in the midst of recovery. Um, so please, uh, let's keep the prayers up, uh, praying for one another in faith um, that, that as we're going through things, others might pray for us um, as we go through this period, but we're waiting for our, uh, the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, 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 all right. Brothers and sisters, uh, I did have the show last night, 
Uh, we were going over the birth of Christ, part 11, uh, and we were dealing with rebellion, right? We were dealing with rebellion, and we were continuing in, our, in our, this series and dealing with Nimrod and the Tower of Babel, all right? Let me pull my notes up. And I'm not sure what's going on with blog talk, the, the, uh, the format. Um, last night's show has not been uploaded to any of the podcast formats, <clears throat> whether either on www.blogtalkradio.com, on Podcast Addict, on iHeartRadio Podcast, on Apple iTunes Podcast, um, like I say, and Google Podcast. It's just not there. And last night was the first time that I did use a, a Prince song as part of, the inter, of my intermission. And I don't know if I was supposed to get permission from the Prince estate to be able to use the song. It wasn't for profit. It wasn't for for profit, but for educational purposes only. Um, and I didn't put that 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 uh, notice out there. So I'm not sure if that's going to be an issue or not. I'm only praying, I ask for your prayers also as well, that they won't erase the whole 13-year library uh, off of copyright infringement. I pray to the Father that that doesn't happen, that it's just a mistake going on with the Blog Talk servers, which we've definitely been, been running into, right? that we've definitely been running into. So, you know, even with that, let me take a quick intermission, brothers and sisters. Let me take a quick break, quick intermission. Um, and we'll continue with this show, all right? Uh, and let me do this one here. Going out and back coming in from this time forth and deep in. 
Yahasha, Yahawa, Yashamor, Hawalakya, Wawaaya, Maaitha, Waait, Awalam, Aman. All right, 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 brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm, uh, let me get this together. All right, we are back, we're back, we're back, and what I'm doing, I'm trying, trying to go ahead and, uh, let me kill this, uh, I'm trying to make sure I got everything up and running proper, running since that that's what I'm really trying to make sure of. Um, I'm nervous this morning. I'm nervous about this, and this only kind of hit me just now. I mean, I've been up since early this morning, but I'm I'm, I'm just feeling nervous right now. I'm not I'm not sure where it's coming from. I'm not sure where, where exactly this is coming from. Um, but we're going to get pushed through. All right, we're going to go ahead and push through. Uh, to Open up with today's class as far as the teaching. Um, yesterday, for the, uh, for those who got a chance to hear the class and might not have had a chance to hear the class, um, I would like for us to go to First Samuel chapter fifteen, verse twenty-three. Uh, the book of First Samuel chapter fifteen, verse twenty-three, and this is what it says from First Samuel chapter fifteen, verse twenty-three. It says, "For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry." And yesterday's fast was entitled that, brothers and sisters. Yesterday's fast was the true birth of Christ, uh, dealing with rebellion is at the center of witchcraft. And what we covered last night in class was getting into Nimrod. Uh, we were starting to get into Nimrod and why this was such a heavy statement. Uh, and we understood that in going into some of the history of this statement, the context of when, when uh, the prophet Samuel had told us to Saul uh, what was going on and how Saul had rejected the word of God but it, we're seeing that it was out of Saul's rebellion um, and Saul's stubbornness that uh, he was rejected for being king. And we was kind of just taking note of 
for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And why I mean why rebellion being as witchcraft, that seems kind of extreme. Right? That would seem kind of extreme. Because we know the penalty for a witch is death. Alright, we know that the penalty for a witch is death. And I'm getting some text in. Let me see here. Okay. Right. So we understand that the penalty of death, that witchcraft, the 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 law or the judgment for a witch is death. And to, for somebody to be marked or known as somebody being rebellious, that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And what we was going into yesterday, brothers and sisters, um, if we look at witchcraft from a, from, a, from a, a biblical point of view, witchcraft is not just the, the, the Halloween um, type of witch on the broomstick uh, that's standing at a big black cauldron that's got a, 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 the, the, the eye of a newt, um, the, the tail of a, of a, of a frog or, or a chameleon, the, the, the eye of a cat, um, uh, and, and, it's calling, and it's just stirring all this concoction together. Uh, to make potions and, and 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 cackling at the moon or what have you, that that obviously that that's that's Halloween or what have you. Um, but a witch is somebody who influences somebody, right? A witch is somebody who could be a heavy influencer, that and and a seducer, um, and that is like you cast a spell on somebody, guys. You 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 get somebody to change their nature, um, and you influence their thought process. That th- this is what can be considered a witch. All right, and that we actually go and study um, witchcraft. That it's a religion. That in, in, in the American military, witchcraft is recognized as a religion. No, no different than Satanism can be recognized as an actual religion. And according to the to, to the Uniform Code of Military Justice, those things are protected because they are religions. It's a belief that people hold. It's a belief that people have. Uh, and they they are um, they have to be accommodated. That if you are a Satanist, no different than there's a church provided. There's a uh, uh, for for somebody who might be a Christian, as much as uh, uh, an environment can be provided for. If there's somebody who might be a, a Muslim, uh, or somebody uh, a synagogue, or a, a someplace where people of different faiths can gather together to to recognize their religion. That yeah, if you're a Satanist and you have to be in the United States military, they they have to provide a place for you to 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 observe your satanic rites and rituals uh, and your observance of Satanism um, and witchcraft. And when you go and study witchcraft according to what's in the, the Uniform Code, the United States Code of Military Justice (UCMJ), um, that in dealing with witchcraft, people who deal heavily with herbs. Because that's what witchcraft is, is, is getting in, touch, in tune with nature, what they call uh, Mother Gaia, being in touch with the earth, Mother Nature, the earth, and that you use different herbs for different um, uh, rituals. Uh, that is a religion, and it's called witchcraft. And the reason I'm going down this line right now, just for, for the briefest of moment that I might be able to, is that to be able to put together different herbs and different concoctions can have a different type of effect on people. 
Um, we definitely have the, 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 the herbs and the, and the plants that can cause um, hallucinations from, the, uh, from peyote, from uh, cannabis, from hemp, from uh, different types of mushrooms or what have you, that it, it can affect people in many different ways. All right? It can affect the person's libido. It can affect the person's uh, – uh, it can make people drowsy, make people sleepy. Um, it, can, it can make them awake if we're dealing with the cocoa leaves. Um, uh, that yeah, dealing with the cocoa leaves, the coffee le- leaves, or whatever, or the nicotine leaf from 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 uh, uh, from from tobacco, whatever. That it can have different effects on the body, and that the study of these things and the the use of these things, it literally is called witchcraft, because how it can affect a person, how it can influence a person. That's why they give the moniker of witchcraft. Okay, that's and that's actually in the religion uh, in the United. United States Code of Military Justice. I'm bringing that up, and I know I'm speaking fast. So I got, I got, I got to mark myself. I got to pace myself. If we take a look at that and understand this statement in First Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, where it says, "Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft." But somebody's rebellious and just does not want to change, and and they're stubborn about it that they will speak and talk and they will just not be wrong. Yeah, and a person will just keep talking and keep going until they influence other people either just to submit and give in or to see it the way they're, they're, they're talking about it. This is why politicians are so good. This is why uh, politicians are so good. They're talking about somebody who's like a, a used car salesman, that they can sell, a, sell, sell, uh, sell water to a well, sell ice to an Eskimo, that they can influence a person to that point, and and just from their rapid, their, their repeated talking, their insistent talking, and and and, and um, their stubbornness, that they're just not going to change for anybody, uh, not even for God. And what we were referencing in dealing with this, the topic of the true birth of Christ, um, that rebellion is that a sin of witchcraft. We was now taking a look at Nimrod. We were using this now to, to use this to get an understanding about Nimrod, that in history, from when the time the prophet Samuel had told us to Saul, there had already been many examples in the Bible, in, in world history, human history, related to biblical history of rebellion. And the first rebellious person that we read about, I mean, obviously rebellious, especially after the flood, was Nimrod, all right, and that his influence influenced the whole entire population of the earth after the flood, hence the Tower of Babel. And we was going into, you know, how, how God gave many warnings to the Israelites about rebellion, what it means to be rebellious, and what people do when they're rebellious, how, how they talk incessantly, and they just refuse to be wrong. And they're going to keep just pushing their point, come hell or high water, and they don't care who it affects. They have to just be right, and it's going to just be their way, and that they will influence anybody around them. And that we can see this this example in what happened with Nimrod and the Tower of Babel. And the fact that Nimrod, that his philosophies, that his doctrine, even though he's only spoken about a little bit in the Bible from Genesis chapter 10, that his influence has reached throughout the ages, that the things that he implemented, him and we're going to get into his wife, the things they implemented in, in establishing their kingdom, 
of Babylon, the first original Babylon or, or the Tower of Babel, has stretched to all nations and all ages all the way up until, uh, what is it, uh, September 2023, their influence can still be felt to this. And a lot of people don't even realize where a lot of the things that they do, a lot of the traditions, a lot of customs that we observe go all the way back to this rebellious person in Nimrod and his mother-wife, Ceramicus, and even their child, Tammuz, that this, this, that, and this is what we want to try and bring some light to, want to bring some attention to, uh, to, to, to get in people's minds, to actually get into people's minds. And one of the last things we was going over last night um, as we ended the show was, and I hope they, 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 they don't just totally cancel that show. We went through some great information. Remember, brothers and sisters, the scriptures tell us that Satan himself, in 2 Corinthians 11 and 4, that Satan himself appears as an angel of light. And what, what, do, we, what, what, what do we get from that? that? The way Satan actually comes at a person or at societies is to influence them. I need that scripture. Just thinking about that. Um, that. That let me let me pull that up. Let me pull that up. I need I need to just get my mind. I want to get it before I forget it. Uh, let me pull my other Bible because I don't want to lose my my spot here. Bear me one second, y'all, for, so I can keep this point. I want to keep this point. Uh, I guess I'm gonna get several of these scriptures. When we read Proverbs, chapter 12, verse 26, and if we keep in mind that it says Satan um, appears as an angel of light, that a lot of us, because of conditioning that we receive from religion, we're under this, 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 this hoax that Satan is just this, this ugly monstrosity, this beast, this, this, this uh, half man, half uh, uh, goat, uh, Minotaur with warts and 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 uh, looking like the guy in a hot sauce bottle, and it's just this this of overtly um, hideous um, Hellraiser for those of who might see the 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 the, the horror movies, so called horror movies uh, of Hellraiser is that's just just uh, the extreme sadomasochistic uh, Marilyn Manson combined with Ozzy Osbourne combined with uh, uh, um, just somebody who's just extremely deformed monstrosity. Brother, sister, if it was that, you know, like, like even like a, a Medusa, Type of 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 of, of character that, that the, the look is just so hideous. I mean, it it was scare men to stone, brothers and sisters. Wouldn't that be kind of obvious? No different than, than like when some people read Revelations, they're really looking for like a seven-handed dragon to actually come up out of the ocean. A dragon has seven heads and ten horns. Um, they're actually looking for that type of, of, of mythological creature to literally come up out the ocean. 
and then be able to say, that's the Antichrist. Ain't that just a little obvious? Knowing that the Bible has been translated into damn near every language on the planet Earth, wouldn't that be a little bit too obvious to recognize that if we all saw, looked over to the Mediterranean Sea and saw a creature coming out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns, that that would be recognizable? then that's all anybody would have to do. Forget having to apply any scriptures about cleaning our minds up, of, about being washed in the blood of the Lamb, about uh, repenting and, and stop breaking God's law. Then all we have to do is just look for when we see that seven-headed monstrosity coming out of the ocean, we see it, recognize it, and then now whatever we were doing, however we were living, now all we got to say is, oh, see, there's Antichrist. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, forgive me. And that's it? Come on. That, 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 to me, that, no. 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 And when we come back and we read, actually read the Bible, actually study the Bible, it tells you that Satan appears as an angel of light. All right? In Proverbs chapter 12. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, it says this. That the, in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 26, it says this, that the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces them. Take a look at some of these words, being seduced, all right, being in, in, enticed, being um, uh, influenced to do something wicked is not going to be from some, some hideous, beastly, um, Beauty and the Beast type of, of, of uh, Shrek troll monster looking thing that's obviously wrong in order to be seduced when we go through the scriptures Satan always appeared as an as uh, angel of light as something good something enticing uh, let me get this one here in the New Testament um when we read Ezekiel, not Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 10. When we read Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 10, it says this. I'm in the book of Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 10. It says, because, even because they have seduced my people, saying peace, and there was no peace. And one built up a wall, and lo, others daubed it with untempered mortar. So if we take a look at what the scripture is saying here about how people are being seduced. By somebody telling them peace, that if you do it this way, you, it's going to be good. It's going to be all right. You're going to have peace. Do it this way. Don't worry about what the Bible says or what God says or what that is. Don't worry about that. Do it this way. You're going to find peace and safety. You're going to find security. And not realizing that, that from catering to that sense of peace and safety, that people are now building walls, meaning defenses, a defense of what they think is security, of what they think is going to help them, or what they think is going to, is going to be a protection for them. But you build this wall, it says, with untempered mortar. It's like you're putting this wall up, and it, there's, there's no mortar in between the bricks. That's going to hold this wall together. The bricks are just standing there. 
The odds will take you if you lean on the wall, that wall's falling over. If you lean on it, a, a good strong wind comes, forget about it. This thing that you put all this effort in for to be your security and it's gonna be your protection, because somebody said this is where you can find peace. That you're being seduced. That people are being seduced because it looks good. Because it sounds good. Not that it sounds wicked. Not that it sounds evil. Christ warned us about this. In Mark chapter 13, verse 22. Mark chapter 13, verse 22. The book of Mark chapter 13, verse 22. This is what Christ says in Mark chapter 13, verse 22. For false Christ and false prophets shall arise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect, that people are going to be presenting things, and they're going to be false Christ. They're going to be false prophets, saying that this is the way of peace, if you want security, if you, if, uh, this is the way to, to heaven, this is how you're going to get it done. Invest in these stocks. Invest in this, put your money here. Get this Bitcoin. Uh, you, you got to stack this type of arsenal of weapons. And this is going to be your safety. And it's going to, if it's going to be, it says, and they're going to show signs and wonders that if it were possible, it would even deceive the very elect. That's how good what they're going to be presenting is going to seem and being seduced. It's not going to, be, it's not going to seem like it's a bad idea. They're going to make it to seem even that much better of an idea, that, that much more uh, uh, enticing of an idea that's going to cater to a person's senses. That's where Satan operates. As we're going to find out, this is where Nimrod was operating from in building that first kingdom of Babylon, Babylon uh, of the Tower of Babel. All right? Um, When we go to 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 13, when we go to 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 13, it says, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Yeah, I'm kind of going in on this word about being seduced because it leads people to rebellion because, again, what was going on yesterday in 1 Samuel, chapter 15, verse, verse 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. For a person to be rebellious, it's not going to seem like it's a bad idea to be rebellious. You got to understand something, brother. So just look at this world we live in today. If I can try to give these examples. Look at the world we live in today. Kids, school-age kids, elementary school kids, and even younger, are growing up in a world where the LGBTQ Movement is, is, is strong, um, that you can find out gay characters, LGBTQ um, uh, characters in, in cartoons, and, and what's supposed to be children's movies, children's uh, uh, television programming, that this influence is now everywhere. It's everywhere. So they're going up in the world where the influence of getting to your feelings is, I mean, is, 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 growing like a virus, is growing like a cancer in the minds of, 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 of people of the world. Now, for those who are older, for a lot of people that are older, 
We refuse it. We, we, we reject it like, hell no. We know it's wrong. We know that that behavior is wrong. But look at how the kids are growing up, and again, they're being inundated. They're being swallowed up by, by, and, to, to, and seduced that the LGBTQ movement is normal. It's normal. It's fine. And before long, I guess it's going to be to where there is no definition of what a woman is. That we're not going to find a woman by by has the ability she menstruates and can give birth to, to to children. A woman is if you were born genetically a man, then now you can call yourself what now non-binary. You can call yourself non-binary, and you can call yourself uh, the fact that you can get some some, some hormone injections um, that you can grow your hair long. Um, you can actually develop what looks like some breasts. And you can get an uh, 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 actual uh, operation that inverts your 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 male genitalia into female genitalia, and that now that 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 now makes you a woman. That a woman is no longer defined by her ability to give birth. It's the fact that if, if a person feels like they have, can give breast, have a a, a surgery, they're not can, can, can now be considered a woman. For many older people, that's just absolutely ridiculous. But think about the influence that's being given to kids today. That are now growing up with this all around them. How they're being influenced. How they're being seduced. That some of their favorite characters. Come on, Green Lantern. From, from my understanding, Green Lantern was the first gay superhero. Yeah, Green Lantern. During the Ryan Reynolds era, era when he played Green Lantern. In the comments came out, yes, uh, Green Lantern is homosexual, gay. Hal Jordan. And now, I, I remember one of the last, what was it, the last Doctor Strange movie? The last Doctor Strange movie, the, the multiverse that America, I guess was her name, that she had two moms? And get, good Lord. And then Thor, that love and happiness debacle. That one of our favorite characters, the, the I forget the the, the the actual Rock, not not Dwayne Johnson, but the, in in the Thor um, Avengers, he's gay. Come on, y'all, and this the most of Marvel's universe, the multi-billion-dollar company. Now, one again, I forget the the, the, the he's with Thor. The guy who's with Thor, he's actual rock, like rock. He's actual like stone. He's actual like like granite, I guess. And he got 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 smashed, but he survived. But he married another, and they, they reproduce. He being a male married another male, and that's how they reproduce. Think about how what kind of impact it has on children now and their minds and being seduced that this is okay. If that's how you feel, and that's what you believe, then go for it. Now, brothers and sisters, follow me here just for a second. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to go straight to verse 6. Genesis chapter 3, I'm going straight to verse 6. Now, this is what it says. And hold up, before I do this, 
I, I just heard another text. Let me make sure I'm not missing something. Okay. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm I'm cautious right now. I, I'm not, I'm not. I will throw it out there that, that I am. Uh, all this week, yeah, I've, I've been having all type of technical difficulties and, and issues with 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 the blog talk. Um, from the, the the mic getting turned off to to uh, some of the show not getting recorded, uh, and then the, the problems I was having even was on Tuesday when um, I just couldn't get my words together and, and felt like I was in, in, in a real tailspin. Uh, to now even come back and seeing that, damn, last night's show did not upload to the uh, blog talk servers. And just curious about, you know, got all this type of stuff going on that what's going to be the next problem? What's, what's happening now? Cool. But in dealing with just being seduced and how rebellion is as witchcraft, right? and, being, and being seduced to how rebellion is as witchcraft and stubbornness is iniquity and idolatry. To be stubborn is iniquity and idolatry, and rebellion is as witchcraft. Uh, when we come back to looking at how Satan operates and his agents operate, let me say it like that also. Let's go straight to uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And check this out, brother. I know you all have seen this, but check this out. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. It says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. Cool. Did y'all notice something? I'll tell you what I noticed. And y'all probably have noticed this. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to come late to the show. Look at the three senses that Satan appealed to. Look at the senses that were appealed to that made going against God's command a viable option. Verse 6, again, and when the woman, look at the first thing, and when the woman saw that the tree was that the tree was good for food, so what she to her it made sense. She saw that it was good. First thing, saw it was good for food. It's good for her to partake in. She could see herself doing it. She could see herself participating in whatever it was. So she saw it, and now she can see herself tasting it, experiencing it, partaking in it. And then it was pleasant to the eyes. They saw it was good for food. It tastes good. It was, now, it was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes. Good for food. Taste. I think I like this. I want to try it. It was pleasant to the eyes. And then a tree to be desired to make one wise. Good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and something to be desired. Taste, sight, feeling. 
what was appealed to was taste, good food, sight, uh, 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 pleasant to the eyes, and desired to make one wise. Look at what things got touched on. Look at what got touched on. Then now Eve was seduced into going away from God's order and God's law. And then this was presented to Adam the same way that it got Adam to now go against God's law. So in this seduction, it's not going to come easy. It's not going to come hard and, and, and where it doesn't make sense. It's not going to come to where it doesn't seem like it's going to taste. Think about this, brothers and sisters. In this example, I, I try and bring this up. Yeah, I remember, and, 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 and I'm speaking to older gener- generations. Yeah, I remember when we used to get sick, that our parents would give us castor oil. If we had any ailments, especially, you know, from us playing outside all day long, outside, in the sun, in, in whatever season, just being outside, just, just, just being enjoying life, drinking from the same water hose that the, the dog drank from, that, that everybody drank from, just outside, just being outside, getting all that good vitamin D, sweating, moving, uh, the, the lymphatic system being, being initiated, just, you know, outside. That if you ever got sick or started to get sick, you had to drink some castor oil. Remember how nasty that damn shit tasted? I know I do. And you, you, you can tell how um, uh, the reaction that I'm having because I'm cussing on this morning TV show, this morning show. Castor oil was horrendous. A lot of the children's medicines back then tasted like straight boo-boo. To where we would spit it out, to where we had to start using the tricks of, of, of putting the, the – the, the, the medicine, like uh, mix it up in our food, in some applesauce, mixing the food up with some fruit, um, doing different things that we would finally consume the medicine. Remember how you, uh, uh, one thing the kids say will never comprehend or understand or ever knew about is when you had to plug your nose, like you take your two fingers, your, your, your finger and your thumb, and you would squeeze your nose and eat something and understanding how to smell something is where taste comes from. So if you close your nose, plug your nose with your and close your nose, your nostrils with your with your index finger and your thumb, so you don't smell the food, that you can right now chew the food and swallow it, and not taste it. This before all the bubblegum flavors and 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 the, and the peach flavors, the cherry flavors, the apple flavor, the grape flavors all different types of flavors of medicine came out, that when you would take that, the, the healthy stuff that would heal you from a sickness back then, tasted bad. But the parents understood it tastes bad now, but it's going to heal you later. For what we associated with something bad, it tastes bad, and we would spit it out. We'd be, oh, mad, hot, pissed off. We had to swallow this the disgusting stuff. Now, understanding that this was medicine. It's just medicine that, that we didn't realize in a couple of hours we we're going to be feeling good. We could breathe. We 
we sit there where, where our parents had to learn damn near what became known as uh, MMA moves, put us into all sorts of locks and, and, and head holds and headlocks to make us swallow the medicine because of how bad it tasted. But it, in that bad taste, it was good for us. Today, nowadays, if it don't taste good, sweet at all, forget about it. People are trying to deal with it, especially kids. It better be sweet. It better be good. It better be sugary. And if from green apple to blueberry to raspberry to no, no, tutti frutti, I don't even know if the kids know say what tutti frutti is, to um, uh, all the different flavors of vape that are available that's supposed to be for, for, for adults getting off of cigarettes, but you make them in all these kids' flavors? Like, that's not for the kids to get, get, get addicted to at a young age? So now you have a lifelong customer who's influenced at a young age? I know I'm jumping around in this topic, but damn. And yes, I want to get, back, get it back to our anchor scripture for the day. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Why are these? I mean, those are some heavy statements, brothers and sisters. Rebellion, witchcraft, stubborn, idolatry, and idol worship? Idolatry? Well, brothers and sisters, what I hope they will bring us into today is an understanding about Nimrod. And I got a text from my, 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 my friend, sister, my friend, up in Albuquerque, uh, who's asking, who's Nimrod? And that's the same of this today, brother. So that's the same. A lot of us don't even know who Nimrod is. And that's not, that's, not, that's not a mark at anybody not knowing. That's where religion and the condition of the world today doesn't even even bring that into any type of, of, of thought process. We're more more interested and worried about and got and know more about the Kardashians. Um just just check Doja Cat I just checked out for the first time. And and all these other crazy things going on. We don't even know who the hell Nimrod is. He's mentioned in the tenth chapter of the first book of the Bible and we don't know who he is. Or his significance that in Revelation chapter eighteen, in Revelation chapter seventeen and Revelation chapter eighteen, of the book of Revelations, it talks about the destruction of Babylon the Great. How Christ uh, in uh, him making his return back in the earth will be destroying the great city Babylon the Great. And not to be able to understand or put the significance of what that means, where it originated, the theory of Babylon the Great, that this is where Christ is coming back, and this is where Satan and Antichrist, all this is going to be at, that, that Armageddon is going to represent, is the representation of Christ destroying this place, this government known as Babylon the Great. And we have no idea where its inception. 
We have no idea about uh, of, of, about its inception or, or, or its practices or anything that, that it's been doing, going all the way back to the Tower of Babel. We're not we're not able to put any significance to any of this. Well, hopefully with some of these classes, we we can do that with for, for, for brothers and sisters. Hopefully with these classes, we can help bring some some relevance to what, what, uh, what's taking place, what's going on. All right. So with that, I'm going to the Cyclopedia of Biblical Theological and Ecclesiastical Literature. The Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature. You can look this up online, or it's also you can you can download it into the uh, Eastward uh, with the Eastward module. All right, uh, uh, for your desktop or for your laptop. They do have it for Android, but it takes up a lot of space because there's a lot of information. So I suggest you please get it downloaded for your desktop or for your laptop. All right. Um, so here we go. The Encyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature, and the topic we're dealing with is Nimrod. All right, the encyclopedia. Let me, let me, and I'm putting this in the chat room right now. Also, copy. I'm putting this in the chat room. And I'm putting it on my Facebook. I'm putting the title and what we're, we're looking up here in the chat room. The encyclopedia of biblical, theological, and ecclesiastical literature under Nimrod. I'm going to place this also in Facebook. Let me do this, brothers and sisters. I want to make sure I got the right highlighted parts. One second, y'all. I'm, I'm definitely still here. I will say, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just copy picking. When I put this in Facebook, it doesn't copy the same way as what I have on my paper. So I got to highlight, and then I have to. Um, the highlights don't work on Facebook, so I have to capitalize everything that's important, so so they might stand out. Okay, so here we go. Now I'm trying to make this information available for everybody that you can read along and, and, and add this to your own studies. That hopefully you, you, you're taking uh, what we're teaching, taking what we're showing. Um, and, and as part of your studies, all right, as a part of your studies as well, that we are supposed to be studying to make ourselves, a, show ourselves approved unto God, a work we need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. All right, so here we go. Um, I'm posting this. 
Right, the Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature under Nimrod. So cool. I do have this pasted right now on Facebook. Um, Wow, that was six years ago. All right, uh, cool. Getting back to my topic now. And deal with Nimrod, okay? And this, this is going to give us some understanding, brothers and sisters, about why the Bible is talking about this, this rebellion is as witchcraft, okay? So from the Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature under Nimrod. Nimrod, from the Hebrew word, uh, Namrod, all right, Namrod, probably from the uh, Persic Nabard, an example, the Lord, which corresponds to the Septuagint, the Septuagint. It says the name given by Moses to the founder of the Babylonian monarchy from Genesis chapter 10 and verse 10, which would be the Tower of Babel, all right, which would be the Tower of Babel. Um, about 2,450 years before Christ, okay? Um, the name is very important, okay? The name is very important. That the name Nimrod is, is uh, from the Hebrew word, nam, uh, Namrod, even though in English it would be Nimrod, where uh, which, uh, the, the, the Persic uh, name means Lord. All right, and that's this is the name that Moses gave gave, gave his leader. Now it says Josephus, uh, who you know was was a Hebrew historian, Hebrew Israel historian. Josephus, uh, in Antiquity of the Jews, Book One, uh, was his uh, Volume One, Book Four, uh, Paragraph Two, identifies uh, Nimrod with the builder of the Tower of Babel, which the the which he represents as an act of blasphemous impiety. This arises from the old etymology of the name. All right, so we're going through the etymology of the name Nimrod, especially the Hebrew etymology of the name Nimrod. It says, uh, as from marad, all right, the Hebrew word marad, which means to what? Rebel. So the etymology or the root of Namrod goes back to Marad, which means to rebel. This is what this guy did. The, the one who started the, the Tower of Babel, the leader, the one who organized it, influenced all the people of the planet Earth at that time. When everybody was speaking the same language, his name was Nimrod, but the root of his name is Marad, which means to rebel. All right? And agrees with the remarkable fact that according to the, the Persian astrology, now check this out, according to Persian astrology, it says the constellation of the giant, that is Orion, was named from Nimrod. And some have identified Nimrod with the Greek Orion. The reason I went here, brothers and sisters, and dealing with astrology. The Lord said we should not worship the sun, the moon, or the stars, all right? That's not what the Israelites were supposed to be doing. But this guy, Nimrod, 
had such an impact on the early world. I'm, I, I don't know what other word. I'm getting passionate. I got some of my words, slow my mind down. He had such an impact on the world that the Greeks, when the Greeks came into power, they named the constellation Orion, which means the giant or the hunter in reference to Nimrod. This is the type of impact that this man and this kingdom had on the planet Earth. Whereas Nimrod was approximately 2,600 years, what is that? 2,400 years before Christ. We know the Greeks actually came into power 333 years with Alexander before Christ. That some 2,100 years before the Greeks actually came into full power, they named the constellation of Orion being the hunter, being the giant after Nimrod. That's the impact of this man's history. Now, two, two classes ago, and last night we was going over the impact of Nimrod in, 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 in part 10 of our a series that, that you can find on, uh, that is on Blog Talk. We was going into the impact that even though Nimrod is mentioned so little in the Bible by name, that you can find the history of the flood. You can find the history of, of the scattering of the languages and other histories of other nationalities, of other nations. It's not just a biblical fake fable narrative. There are other historians from other nations have records of a great flood, of a deluge, and of a place over time when everybody had the same language and the language got divided. And I know this sounds crazy for people who have not studied. I know this sounds crazy for people who think they know God and think they know the Bible, but you really don't understand. You don't get it. And I'm not trying to make make fun of anybody or make anybody feel little, feel feel small. But I know what kind of conditioning. I understand what kind of conditioning that we've been under to not be able to see the truth. I know what kind of conditioning we've been under not to understand what the Bible is talking about, to keep the, the, the Bible a mystery that's been here for ages and for generations. Like what Paul told us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 25, 26, 27. What he said in Romans chapter 16, verse 16, uh, verse 25 down, there has been mysteries that have been here for ages and for generations. Even at the time of Paul, there were mysteries that were here for ages and generations. Even more so now today, but are now being revealed. But are now being revealed. That for us to get First Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, this is touching back to this very, the very first person with, after the flood with the most rebellion that influenced most of the people of the earth, Nimrod, and his rebelliousness and his stubbornness. And being in a position of power, of influence over people, how it affected the whole earth to where King Saul, the first king of the Israelites, being rebellious and stubborn, 
first off, being rebellious, going against God's word, thinking that you're doing right. Because remember, I know I'm jumping for people who haven't studied, so this is going to be a, quite a jump. If we go and research the very first king of the Israelites, the very first king of the Israelites was King Saul, a, a, a Benjamite. King Saul was excommunicated because of his rebellion when God had commanded that for King Saul to now take vengeance upon a people called Amalekites who were a tribe from the nation of Edom, that when the Israelites, when we were coming out of Egypt, And traveling to the promised land, we needed to travel and go through the land of Edom. And that the Lord God told us, we're not going to touch anything. We don't want any city. We don't want a stone, a pebble that comes from this land. This land is given to Edom. Just like the land of Moab is given to the Moabites. This land is given to Edom. We don't want nothing to do with it. But we might need to buy some water. And if we disturb anything, we'll certainly pay for it. The Amalekites came against us, even chased us and pursued us like hell no. They were very evil and cruel to the Israelites. So because of what they had done and, 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 and how they were treating the Israelites, about 40 years later after the Israelites finally settled the promised land and then we got our first king, because we, uh, after settling the promised land from Joshua all the way up to the time of King Saul, we were, we were ruled by judges. We had been ruled by judges. Our very first king wound up being King Saul. And this is about four, approximately 40 years, maybe 350 years after we came out of Egypt and came, actually came into the promised land. That now the Lord was going to pay back the people of, of Amalek for how they treated the Israelites upon our coming, trying to get into our promise, regain access to, to the promised land. So it was, it was commissioned, or it was ordered to King Saul to now destroy all the Amalek had. Why about the, the people and why about their cities? Don't leave nothing left. Don't leave nothing standing. But King Saul came back, and now he didn't kill all the people. He killed off some, and he was supposed to kill off all the animals also. But instead of doing so, he saved the animals and started offering them up, offering them up as sacrifices. When the prophet Samuel got there, God was like, that's it. I'm done with this dude. He's rebelling against me. And he's stubborn. So when the prophet Samuel approached Saul, he let him know, what are you doing? And Saul came real prideful, like he did something good. Like, yeah, I did what you said. I killed off some of the, of, of the Amalekites. And instead of killing off all the sheep, now we're offering the sheep as an offering to the Most High. And Samuel kind of had the question, like, what are you doing? If you obey God, then why do, I, why do I hear these sheep still making whatever sound the sheep make, and the king is still alive? How did you do what God said? And then Saul kind of, kind of, you know, kind of tried to backtrack a little bit and was like, well, it wasn't really me. It was the people. They thought it would be a good idea to, not to kill all the sheep. Uh, but the other one as a sacrifice to God for for, for um, 
giving us this victory. And I didn't think it was a bad idea. I, to me, it looked good. It sounded good. So I did what the people wanted. And this one saw uh, Samuel made a statement that rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Why did you rebel against the command of God? If you want to do God good, why don't you just do what he said do? But just like what, what, what was presented to Eve, it looked good. It looked good. I don't see nothing wrong with that. We don't kill him anyway, so why not kill him as an offer to God anyway? And then, instead of wiping out all the Amalekites, if we kept all the sheep alive, brothers and sisters, we need a service to tend to all these sheep. It wasn't just a uh, uh, like a hundred or two sheep. We're talking about herds of a whole city of people that was feeding a whole city of people. These are thousands upon thousands of sheep that they will also be wiped out. But instead of wiping them out, I was like, no, we're going to offer them up as an offer to the Lord. And remember, if we're going to offer anything to the Lord, you only offer a lamb of the first year. So if, if they were young lambs, old lambs, we couldn't just just, we had to we had to keep them around. We couldn't obey the voice of God. And then we had to keep these servants around to tell, take care of all these sheep. It seemed like a good idea to us. It seemed like a bad idea. Why put all this good food, all this good 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 wool? Why destroy it all? We could we could do something with this. And if we kill all the people, if we keep the sheep, at least we got some people who contend to the sheep. That's what they've been doing already. It seems like a good idea to us. It don't seem it don't seem that wrong to us. It don't seem that bad. To rebel is that a sin of witchcraft. And to be stubborn is as iniquity and idolatry. Now, I was just relating about King Saul and what he did, but we also really relate just going all the way back to Nimrod of when he raised up the Tower of Babel in defiance of God. And it was influencing the people to follow what they felt seemed like a good idea. As we was going in this history that, we, that, that, that we're dealing with, that remember, part of Nimrod's influence was for people to follow their own dreams. Part of the influence of Nimrod was people following their own dreams and to make a name for themselves. Let's go there real quick. Let's go there real quick. Let's go to, back to Genesis. Chapter 10. Chapter, chapter 11. Uh, I'm going to start at verse 1 and read down. Genesis chapter 11, I'm going to verse 1. And it says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it, called, and it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they, and they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, 
and burn and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick and and they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. This whole mentality, right? Well, let me, let me finish reading. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Which they have imagined to do. Go to. Let us go down and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the whole earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad from the face of uh from the face of all the earth. Now, here we see that it, it, this place was called Babel. Let's jump back to Genesis chapter 10. Let's go back one chapter to Genesis chapter 10 and verse 6. In Genesis chapter 10 and verse 6, we have, And the sons of Ham and Mizraim, and Put and Canaan, and the sons of Cush, Seba and Havilah and Sabta and uh, Bama and Saptika and the sons of Ramah, Sheba and Dedan. Verse 8, very important here, verse 8. And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. And he was a mighty hunter before the, before the Lord. Wherefore it was said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Verse 10, and the beginning of his kingdom, Babel, and Eric, and Achad, and Karne in the land of Shinar. Out of that land went forth um, ashore, and built Nineveh, and the city uh, Rehoboth, and Kalna, and Rezin between Nineveh and uh, uh, Kala. Uh, the same is a great city. So, this place where the Lord came down, where everybody was gathered together, and it was said, let us make us a name for ourselves. And build this this city with a tower that might reach unto heaven, that we might now become immortal. We're going to make a name for ourselves, and we're going to build monuments. And remember, we got this when we were going into the history of Babel, all right? That the people's mentality was, we got to build a name for ourselves. We're going to, we're going to build monuments to ourselves. Similar fashion to how in America, we have the Washington Monument. There, that big giant obelisk, uh, Egyptian obelisk, uh, in Washington, D.C., where they do all the marches and protests, that that big giant pyramid thing that's tall as hell is uh, called the obelisk, called the Washington Monument. We go to Mount Rushmore, where the face of the forefathers, even though they're not even the forefathers, 
of the presidents of, of the U.S. for the great deeds they did are carved in stone there forever for all generations to see um, if a place doesn't be destroyed uh, by that supervolcano, that these things are being built, these, these uh, edifices, these great museums, these great uh, 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 mansion houses, halls that people build, like we see here in America today, from coliseums and arenas and libraries and buildings and, and bridges and, 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 and these great construction sites, the, the Donald Trump Towers and, and the, the great golf courses and the great um, country clubs uh, and, and the, the, the great the Rockefeller Building up there in New York, the Empire State Building, the, um, uh, uh, the Sears Roebuck Tower, that all these things are built as, as, as a, to acknowledge the great name or keep the name of the founder, the builder, the architect that had these buildings, had these things designed. Um, similar in America, we have the great halls of fame from sports hall of fame, the football sport, the football, football hall of fame, the basketball hall of fame, uh, a baseball hall of fame, the hockey hall of fame, the rugby hall of fame, the soccer hall of fame. That uh, in sports, we have all these different places called the hall of fames for people who were heroes, for people that were giants in whatever sport they were in, especially uh, uh, a professional sport. But not even just professional sports. Uh, you can go to a, um, a college town, to a university, and that university you have hanging in the rafters, it was not in the, in the actual gym or in the, uh, the, uh, the football arena or soccer arena or, or whatever, you have the retired numbers of heroes that played there. <clears throat> And recognition of the great feats they did while they were athletes there at that at that uh, <coughs> facility. Um, but not not just with athletics. You have people who, who there's different scholarships that are given. There's different libraries that have been built. There's different things that people do that their name might go on, that that th- their name might be remembered. And, and they, they build all these great things from, from the Academy Awards to, to Grammy Awards to uh, Pulitzer Prize winning awards to Nobel Peace Prize winning awards. That just all these things people do that they might be acknowledged. That they might be acknowledged. The Hollywood Walk of Fame. You get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame that even after I die, this will be here as, as, as a memorial to who I was. To where now, you know, with the, the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame, not only do you get this star, but you can imprint your hands in the cement, in the concrete, and a footprint in the concrete that people will see your handprints and be able to put their hands where your hands once were, that you make this impression in, in this concrete that's going to last forever, or your, 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 your shoe print that's going to last forever, um, that all these things are done so that you might leave a name for yourself to be recognized, to be known. That even after you're gone, your name might, might last and be immortal. This idea, brothers and sisters, started with Nimrod in this tower called Babel, where they rebelled against God and got stubborn with it. This whole mentality started with Nimrod. And we're going to find out about his mother, Simarabbas. But this is how great Nimrod was. So, again, 
and trying to make this tie for, for everybody to be able to see that when it talks about rebellion is at the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is, is, a, is as idolatry. This started with Nimrod after the flood. They all nations gathered together, and then everybody was of one mind that everybody could follow their own imagination. And whatever it is you need to do to make a name for yourself, the Guinness Book of World Records, to be to, to some of the stupidest things that imaginable, but yeah, people who have a world record that no one else ever thought of some dumb shit like this, but I've done it, and it got acknowledged, so my name is now written in the Guinness Book of World Records for some of the silliest damn things. I'm not, I'm not even going to let my mind go there. I can't. My mind is not going to go there to some of the most ridiculous uh, world records people have, but they only did it so that they can get their name written in the Guinness Book of World Records. The most stupidest, dumbest, trivial, uh, insignificant things to humanity, to, to mankind, ever imagined, people are doing just so that they can make a name for themselves, that they can be remembered. For that simple fact alone, that's it. With that mentality, brothers and sisters, that is was was the the nucleus, the center, the core value of what this kingdom was that was established by Nimrod, and that you're not going to give you're not going to accredit God with any of this glory. It was your hard work, your, your determination. It was you and your um, you took uh, your own faith in your own hands. You took your destiny in your own hands. It was by the power of your will, the power of your mind, that you accomplished it. If you can think it, you can dream it, you can see it, you can do it. This whole mentality, brothers and sisters, was started with this man, Nimrod, at the Tower of Babel, to be rebellious, to be stubborn. To where it took God and the angels had to come down, and now the only thing that slowed this thing down was to confound everybody's language. That's the only thing that slowed it down. And now we can see with the age of the internet that that those separations have have came down for a while. With the age of the internet. There is only one language now. And look at what people are doing. Look at what nations are doing. Cloning, come on, cloning cloning animals, cloning humans, cloning people. We're here. What can't not be accomplished now? Of whatever people imagine they want to do. No matter if it goes against God or not, if they haven't already got it, you best believe somebody has imagined how can we make a man be pregnant? How can we make a man experience menstruation? How is a man going to be able to hold a baby in his belly like a woman? Because that's what people are imagining. Today, they don't, they don't call it uh, 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 witchcraft or sorcery. Today, it's technology and science. 
So uh, the Greeks, going back to this history book, the Greeks, and calling the, the, the constellation Orion, it was named the giant or the hunter after Nimrod. Yeah. Going back now to, to the, the Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and uh, Ecclesiastical Literature under Nimrod. Uh, I'm reading on. It says, the Hebrew Kasol, uh, Kasayal, uh, is rendered Orion. The Hebrew word Kasayal uh, uh, is rendered Orion in Isaiah chapter 13, verse 10, and in Job chapter 38, verse 31. By the Syriac and the Septuagint, the word means a fool, an impious person or impious person, applied naturally, proud blasphemer, and the chains or bands of Orion may be explained in the same way. For Nimrod, the root word, the root of his word to be to rebel. From the Hebrew word uh, marad, which means to rebel. They come back and understand that Orion comes from the Hebrew word kasal, kasayal, which means um, a foul person uh, or a fool, an impious person. We can understand why this would, why Orion would be named this because of how proud and how rebellious Nimrod was. And from what he got started, it, it was foolish to follow him. And, now, and the bands of Orion is that now you're trapped in this mentality of being rebellious. You're trapped in this mentality of being a fool against God, thinking that you're right. And you've now influenced others around you to do the same thing, to follow you in this, in this, in this insanity. Right? Reading on with this history, reading on with this history, it says, all we know of him serves to place Nimrod in the earliest uh, period of Asiatic antiquity, and he cannot be regarded as a mere uh, astronomical figure. What this is saying is, Nimrod is, is placed uh, in the earliest period of Asiatic antiquity. All of Asia's influence, impact, affected all of early Asia. And he cannot be regarded as just, just a mere ast- uh, astronomical figure. That he, that he just, that they just picked the name, and, uh, Orion, and just picked that and throw it up there in, in, uh, uh, in the constellations. No. This person affected all of early Asia antiquity, all of early Asiatic antiquity. Reading on, it says, but the strangest opinion is that of uh, the historian Von Bolhen, who makes him the same with Merodach uh, Badan. Merodach Badan was well, the most famous Merodach Badan because a lot of emperors or kings um, uh, carried the same name. Uh, and Merodach Badan was during the, uh, the uh, Babylonian Empire 
the Neo-Babylonian Empire uh, after Nebuchadnezzar, who was a, a, a great man. But that Neo, uh, that Merodach uh, Baladan was uh, Merodach Baladan II, meaning there had to be a first. And uh, I, I don't want to jump ahead of myself. Let me see if I can keep trying to go through this. I'm, I'm down to 10 minutes. Let me see if I can keep going, trying to go through this. Getting on with this history, it says, there is no ground for regarding Genesis chapter 10, verse 9 through 11, as a later inter- interpo- in interpolation, an opinion uh, maintained by the historian Vitar, uh, Schumann, and others, and virtually adopted by Professor Wallinson. So you have some people who try and say that, no, Genesis chapter 10, verse 9 through 11, isn't like prehistory or pre, uh, it's, not, it's not prehistory, that it, it's really talking about Merodach Baladan from the Assyrian, from the Babylonian Empire, of the Neo Babylonian Empire, that there's no way you can relate it to Nimrod. But they're, they're wrong with that. So of course it goes back to Nimrod. But let's, let's read on. It says Nimrod is there briefly characterized thus. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore, it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Now, when we read the scriptures, when we go to Genesis chapter uh, 10, verse 9 through 11, Genesis chapter 10, verses 9 through 11, this is what it says. I'm sorry, verse 8. And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And, he, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erak, and Akkad, and Kalne, and in the land of Shinar. So this is what was said about Nimrod, that Nimrod uh, is ca- briefly characterizing the scriptures that he was a mighty hunter. He was a mighty one before the Lord. Uh, wherefore, it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Now let's get some understanding about this. What do historians put together about this? It says this narrative is so brief that it, it is rather obscure. For the Hebrew word believed, uh, the Hebrew word believed mighty, the subject gives it, uh, as, if a, an, as if an illusion, th- thus physical uh, stature in connection with his power or to Genesis 6, verse 4, as if the old Antidevolian Titans had been uh, reproduced in Nimrod. But this sounds confusing. I'm sure I can walk us through this. We might just read Genesis chapter, chapter uh, 10, verse 9 through 11, and go, yeah, mighty hunter, and just leave it at that. But what the 9 and 11 is referencing what it's saying here is going back to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 4. When Genesis chapter 6 verse 4, let's go there. It says, there were giants in the earth in those days. And, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bare the children and bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, Men of renown. So we have in this verse the giants already being mentioned, but then we read about people being born, and that these 
people that were born, these men that were born, became mighty men, uh, which were of old, men of renown. That this is before the flood, brothers and sisters. This is before the flood now. And I know I'm jumping, and I know I'm jumping, forgive me. I'm trying to get us to understand the, the, the relation and correlation between now. Here we have in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, we have, have what's being people that would be called mighty men, men of renown before the flood. And, and what these men of renown did before the flood is that whatever came to the, their imagination, that all, all anybody did was follow their own imagination and making names for themselves before the flood. That this is why God brought the flood to the earth in the first place. That men, that whatever it is they wanted to do and make a name for themselves, whatever came to their imagination, they did that. Regardless of any morals, regardless of any law, regardless of any God's commandments, people were just doing what they wanted to do and making a name for themselves and attributing everything to themselves. That, the, that, that it was no longer about trying to obey any of God's laws or anything God had established. It was about everybody just following what made them feel good. Just do you. Just have it your way. And now to come back and use the same name where, where Nimrod became a mighty hunter for the Lord, he was mighty for the Lord, is in reference to this Genesis chapter 6 and verse 4. When we come back and do a word study, I can't do it right now. Come back and do a word study about giants. When you go into a, do a word study about the word giants, you can do this on your own, brothers and sisters. You'll read that that word giants breaks down to the Hebrew word. That means to be bullies. The word giants goes back to the Hebrew word uh, nafalam, which means to be a bully. Not about somebody who was just six foot, eight foot, seven foot tall. No. They were bullies, stubborn, rebellious, and just doing what they wanted to do and what felt right to them. And this, this mentality spread throughout the whole earth before the flood. And now here after the flood, and, and now, now people starting to repopulate the earth to where cities are able to be built, maintained and established, that Nimrod collected these people here and is starting his, uh, his empire and was starting the exact same mentality, bullying people into do what you want. The religion is going to be you follow you. You do you. And do not attribute what you're doing to God. You're a God. Or it was the God of fertility. Or it was the God of this or the God of that. You do you. And be mighty about it. Be the best you can be. Be a giant be a giant in your industry. Make a name for yourself. Going back to what was said in Genesis chapter 11. Let us go to and make, build us a city and make a name for ourselves. That we can build a, a city and build a tower that can reach unto heaven. That our name will go on forever. That we can reach the height or status of God. What was given to, to what was given to Eve in the begin, in the beginning that God does know that in the days that your eyes are open that you should be as gods knowing good and evil you can reach the height of God you can be like God 
from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, down the forward a little bit, to now men are being born and they're mighty men, men of renown. They were bullies. And everybody followed their own imagination before the flood. The flood comes. Got to repopulate the earth. The earth is getting repopulated. Nimrod conquers and starts bringing everybody into this city. This empire of his called, called uh, 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 Babel. They were going to build the Tower of Babel to make a name for themselves that this tower may reach unto heaven that will be equal with God. And we're going to build a name for ourselves that's going to live forever. This is what Nimrod brought. I now got the, ten, the two hours just elapsed for those who might be listening to the web browser. I've got to continue a little bit further. I have to. I've got to continue this a little bit further. So please catch this back in, in the archives. Hopefully this is this is going to get recorded and uploaded. Please catch this again in the archives. If you didn't, if you're not able to catch the live show now on the web browser, please come back and check it out later. Okay, but I'm going to continue in with this history. And it says, um, it is hard to determine in what sense the phrase "a mighty one" or "a mighty hunter" is used. And then, if the name Nimrod be a Semitic one, then it plainly means let us rebel or revolt. Did y'all catch this? The name Nimrod being a Semitic one, then it plainly means let us rebel or revolt. All right? Um, jumping down. I'm not going to read all, all, all of uh, what, what the, uh, the psychopathy of biblical, theological, and theological warfare says, uh, of literature says. I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to jump down to certain parts, all right? Jumping down to about three, about three verses, it says that the mighty hunting was not confined to the, to the, the chase is apparent from the, its close connection with the building of eight cities. For us to now understand and get, get some, some perspective on what's being said when it calls him a mighty hunter, it can't just be talking about he was just a hunter, that he was out, he was he he was uh, uh, Daniel Boone out on the wild frontier hunting raccoons and rabbits and and and, and uh, uh, squirrels. That being a mighty hunter, it, why would it mention him being a mighty hunter? But then, right at the same verse, damn there, it talks about him raising up, building eight cities, conquering eight cities. So one, the hunting one talking about hunting of just animals. It was talking about conquering people, conquering land, conquering cities. The first one after the flood, being that bully, a giant, a mighty one. All right? Jumping down. Um, it says the connection and its, re- uh, and its results are apparent in the context. The, prow- the prowess in, uh, in hunting must have coexisted with valor in battle. So to be associated with hunting, it also, it also not only was talking about you were a hunter of animals and, and you knew how to put the hunting animals, but that you, had, you were excellent in valor and yet you coexisted with valor in battle, in battles, in conquering. What Nimrod did in the chase as a hunter 
was the earliest token of what he achieved as a conqueror. Nimrod was a conqueror. For hunting and heroism were of old, specially and naturally associated, as in Perseus, Ulysses, Achilles, and the Persian sovereigns, one of whom Darius inscribed his exploits in hunting on his epitaph. And Strabo, the historian Strabo records this. It says the Assyrian monuments also picture many, many feats in hunting, and the word is often employed to denote campaigning. Who goes on campaigns? Militaries, armies. Reading on. Thus, Tiglath-Pilassar I hunts the people of uh, Bilu-Nipuru. Tiglath-Pilassar, a king of the, of the, of the um, Assyrian, Assyrian Empire, hunts the people of Bilu-Nipuru. And one of his ancestors does the same thing. Both are, are represented as holding the mace of power, a weapon used in hunting, and at the same time, the symbol of royalty. Sargon speaks of the 350 kings who ruled over Assyria and hunted the people of Bailu Napiru. Again, what this is, 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 is trying to give us light into is that hunting is just talking about hunting of animals. That it was about conquering other peoples, conquering other, other peoples, conquering other cities, conquering other territories. About going to war. And this is what we're getting from Nimrod, the rebellious one, the one who went against God, the one who revolted against God. Let me see here. Um, the chase and the battle, which in some countries were in, uh, connected closely uh, in, in after times, may therefore be virtually associated or identified here. The meaning uh, then will be that Nimrod was the first after the flood to found a kingdom, to unite the fragments of scattered uh, uh, patriarchal rule and consolidate them under himself as sole head and master, and all this in defiance of God. For it was the violent intrusion of Hamite power into a Semitic territory. The old hero's might and daring passed, it, passed at length into a proverb and became the refrain of a ballad, uh, so that Hunters and warriors of more recent times were ideally compared with him, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter. Concerning the latter life of Nimrod, the scriptures give no light, they give not the slightest information, nor even ground for conjecture. All right, so Genesis chapter, chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. And in Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 through 9, 
That's so much all we get about Nimrod by name in the scriptures. But that doesn't mean that his impact, that, but to understand his impact on history, to understand his impact on the nations, that's all that was needed to say was Genesis chapter uh, 10, verse 9 through 11, uh, 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 9 to 12, about his exploits that covered a period of time that wasn't just in four or five verses. Reading on, it says, some make Nimrod to be Bellus and consider men. For us and, and for us and us are only the Greek and Latin grammatical terminations to have been his son, that Nin was his son. Others identify Nimrod and Ninus. It is further narrated that Ninus, in confederacy with uh, Eric, an Arabian sovereign, in 17 years spread his conquest over Mesopotamia, Media, and a large part of Armenia and under the countries. That the married that he married Ceramicus, a warlike companion, and a conqueror of and a continuer of his conquest, and the builder of Babylon. That this son. Let me let me get this. I'm getting some some text. See, damn. Okay, yeah. I, so, as I get ready to wind this up, as I get ready to wind this up, um, in order for us to understand, I'm, I'm going to come back and read this part again. It says, concerning the latter life of Nimrod, the scriptures give not the slightest uh, information, nor even ground for conjecture, right? If we stick to the scriptures, all we get from the actual name Nimrod it's from Genesis chapter chapter 10 and Genesis chapter 11. The actual name is just from Genesis chapter 10. We can get from Genesis chapter 9, chapter 10, that his first kingdom or the kingdom he built, the beginning of his kingdom was was Babylon, of Babel. And if we can get, get a little more details in chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. But that's pretty much all we get as far as the history of Nimrod in the Bible. So then what we got to do is now we had to go through history books and see where, see how was Nimrod called? What was his name in other, uh, in other cultures? Knowing and understanding that the that the at the Tower of Babel is where all the nations, the languages got divided, got 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 got, got divided. That with all the languages getting divided. That the other nations, now they wouldn't have called him by the Semitic name of Nimrod. Then them having now their own language, that his name would have been something else. So we got to go back now and, and, and relate and find the characteristics of Nimrod and what he did. And find that in the names of these other heroes and these other peoples from the other nationalities. And that's what we're going to find out. 
All right. As I get ready to end this, we're going to find out that Nimrod is going to wind up also being Osiris in Egyptian in Egyptian history, um, and that Osiris married Isis. And then we're going to find out. So we're going to go go back now uh, from this point forward, and we're going to start put together um, this what mighty men in antiquities of some of these other other nations whose exploits are similar and deeds are similar that master what we get from what the Bible says and that we're finding and we're gonna find out that yes, even though we only have the name Nimrod from the Bible, that in other other nationalities and other languages, they call him by a different name but it was the same person. And that the religion and that the things that he started and implemented got spread through all these other countries all over to present day America. So with that, brothers and sisters, I'm going to call this a day. I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it a day on, on, on this right here, right now. And let me make this apology to everybody. I just got a text from my, my our sister up there in, in Albuquerque that the text that I sent out, it got the class starting an hour late. And I could have sworn I had everything together. But the text actually had the class starting an hour later than it actually did. That it was supposed to start from 10 Central Standard Time today, which would have made it at 9 Mountain Standard Time, and it's starting at 8 Pacific Standard Time. But for the text I sent out, I didn't triple check the times that they were an hour off. I knew something was wrong. So with that, brothers and sisters, I'm going to end it here. And then hopefully on Monday, if the Lord said the same, we're going to come back and try and catch everybody up uh, and actually go ahead and now get this together. All right, so with that, thank you everybody for tuning in. Today is Thursday. Uh, please catch um, the class, the, the Stream of Wisdom, uh, Nova Virginia class on Facebook, Facebook Live tonight. Starting at, they start at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, they do start at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that would be 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and I'm missing one. Eight, seven, six. Five. Right. So, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, uh, 5 p.m. Mountain, and 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Uh, that's on Facebook Live tonight. Okay. That'll be on Facebook Live tonight. So, with that, everybody, um, thank you for tuning in, and uh, please continue to be patient uh, as I'm really trying to uh, get this, this this these classes laid out and steamed out and ironed out. So they really do make sense, right? So thank you for 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 let me giving this, this opportunity, and the Most High Christ bless everybody. And with that, uh, I'm going to say shalom. Shema.
Hail Israel, Yahweh our power, Yahweh is one. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.